Hi, this is Rob Foltz, campus pastor at Lee University, and we want to welcome you to this podcast. Good morning. Good morning. I am so thankful that you made a choice to join us today in chapel. Um, I'm thankful because I believe that the scriptures and the thoughts experiences and prayers and songs that are going to be shared today will be very meaningful to you. Are you tired of getting up every day to face the leftover struggle from the day before? Are you intimidated sometimes by life or people? Are you challenged with the same fears over and over and over again? Do you face the prejudice of hateful ignorance? Do you struggle with a temptation that's beat you before? Do you carry the failures and the mistakes of your past? Do you suffer today in mind, body, or spirit? You don't have to look very far to see that if any of those things are true about you, the one thing that we need to focus on is overcoming, overcoming the challenges that impact us. Today we're going to talk about overcoming our suffering. Will you stand with me, please, for prayer? Father, thank you for every seat that's been filled here today. For each mind and heart that fills the presence of this room, we thank you. We know that when we gather together, you always have a divine agenda. And we love you for that, Father. That even when we have done what you have asked, the results are so much greater than we could ever imagine. Even in our failed attempts, Lord, you blow us away with your faithfulness to provide what we need. Our prayer today is that your will be done through this chapel. Take what we have prepared and multiply our efforts as only you can. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Please remain standing for the scripture. This morning, we're going to be diving into the book of Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 24. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all, oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom, but there's one other thing I remember. In remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They are created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I've got. Thank you. Please stand with me for the responsive reading. You can find it in your program. When we look around and feel that only darkness and emptiness surround us, illuminate our hearts with Jesus' words. When we look for God in places of pain and suffering, pleading for that holy presence to be made evident, help us to see God and work through Jesus' promise. When we feel far away from God, even when we try to create that distance ourselves, remind us that the love of God is always touching us through Jesus' words. When we can't figure out where to go next, what to do, or who to be, 
Help us to hear God's call and see the path illuminated for us by the one who says, when we are uncertain, when we have lost things or people precious to us, when sickness overtakes us, when we are overwhelmed with grief, when we are exhausted from our labors, when enemies rise up against us, when our souls are in the darkest night, let us remember Christ's words. Thank you. And good morning. That was a beautiful dance and a wonderful video and wonderful worship music. Thank you. Thank you, students, faculty. Um, thank you, Dr. Ashcraft, for coordinating this. This is beautiful. I'm going to speak directly to you. Of course, the, I'm going to be straight with you this morning. Those of you who have already had me in class know, well, well, that's pretty typical of me. I speak directly to you this morning on a word that's coming from my heart because I love you. The theme for our special chapel today is overcoming our suffering. What does it mean to overcome? Here are some definitions. To get the better of in a struggle or conflict, to prevail, to surmount, to overpower in body and mind, to succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty. I must admit, it's tough to be an overcomer in this time in history, especially in our society, because the message that our society is delivering to us is that we we're not capable of overcoming. I believe that there are inaccurate messages that our society is drumming into us with a consistent, destructive beat. There is no truth. You are unsafe. Your struggles are a sign of your failure. And your past and your current personal challenges must define you. There is no truth. You are unsafe. Your struggles are a sign of your failure, and your past and your current personal challenges must define you. The overarching message is that you cannot and should not overcome. Therefore, you should give up because there is no hope for you. Let us look briefly at each one of these messages and contrast them with the Word of God. First, our society is telling us that there is no truth. I say that humans need truth because it serves as a cognitive anchor as we attempt to navigate our world of uncertainty. But when we have leaders who use the word fake to describe and distinguish their truth from other truths, who are we to believe? With some, so many voices speaking to us by way of so many sources, to whom should we listen? There's so much information. How does one decipher truth? Maybe there is no truth. The word of God provides a direct and clear response in John 14, 6. Jesus answered and said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Here Christ simplifies it for us. There is no reason for confusion or misunderstanding. In moments of uncertainty, we have this cognitive anchor, this truth. Our society is also telling us that you are unsafe. You've grown up in a seemingly unsafe world, a world of threatening transnational and domestic terrorism, which include attacks on some of our pillars of security, our churches and our schools. 
threats to these places of sanctuary and serenity would shake the foundations of our personal security. This threat is exacerbated by what Nancy Cohen says is our hyperconnectedness, which results in our hyperawareness. To quote her, we live in an era largely defined by widespread fear. A great deal of collective anxiety is held in place by our hyperconnectivity. With this increase of useful, uh, with our increase of use of social media during the past decade, we've also seen an increase in anxiety and depression. I believe that contributing to our anxiety is our perceived social rejection that has been exacerbated by our use of social media. These threats make us feel unsafe. The Word of God provides a response to our safety concerns. Psalm 4.8, in peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Psalm 91, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God, in whom I trust. Another message that our society is transmitting to you is that your struggles are a sign of your failure. We live in a society of privilege. We're so privileged that we have come to misinterpret any discomfort as bad, even evil. In fact, we've been told that unwanted emotions some call negative emotions, are a sign that something's wrong. Something's wrong with me. And therefore, these emotions should be avoided. When we experience these bad emotions, we are left with the question, question of why. Why am I feeling these bad emotions? In the presence, excuse me, in the absence of a complete answer, we are left to conclude that these bad emotions are a result of our own failures. My failure to perform, my failure to succeed, my failure to avoid these bad emotions. I have failed again. The Word of God, specifically in John 16, 33, says this. I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. James 1, 2 through 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. I don't like that part at all. Consider it all joy, though, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let perseverance finish its work. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. When you struggle, you will struggle. You're at a university. You come here seeking knowledge that you do not have. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to fail. But what a wonderful place to fail. You've got wonderful people who care about you. 
your failure is not a sign or your mistakes that you make academically do not define you, nor do they imply that you cannot do it. Struggle is what you ask for. You came to this university asking to struggle. Struggle is not a sign of weakness. Struggle does not mean that you're not capable. Struggle is not a sign of failure. Finally, a message that our society is beating into your mind is your past and your current personal challenges must define you. Mental illness may be the issue that challenges you, but it does not and should not be your identity. There are people in this room who struggle to maintain their mental wellness. They're struggling right now at this moment. It's a battle for them. They have these real mental health challenges, but I want you to know that it does not and should not define you. You are not a mental illness. You are not a mental illness. You are no more a mental illness than one who battles cancer is cancer. Cancer is something that one battles to overcome, not an identity that one must become. Society will tell you that your past traumatic experiences must define you, that you are a post-traumatic stress disorder. There has been a lot of research on this issue, and for good reason. It can be very debilitating. You probably are familiar, most people in this room, with the letters PTSD, and some working, you probably have some working knowledge of this disorder. Have you heard of PTG? Post-traumatic growth theory was developed by Richard Tedeschi and Lawrence Calhoun in the mid-1990s, and it holds that people who endure psychological struggle following adversity can often see positive growth afterwards. Tedeschi said, people develop, a new under, develop new understandings of themselves, the world they live in, how to relate to other people, kind of future that they might have, and a better understanding of how to live life. PTG refers to what can happen when someone has difficulty bouncing back, bouncing back or having difficulty bouncing back experiences as traumatic events that challenge them and challenges their core beliefs but it speaks to how we can endure through these psychological struggles. But you're probably not hearing that message. Neither am I. I often hear the message from our society that you are a victim of your traumatic past and you must live with it. One more message I'm going to throw in here. Society is saying this to us. Suicide is a viable option and it's a viable option for you to avoid these challenges. This is a lie. You were created for life. God's word says this about you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. Philippians 3.13, brothers and sisters, do not consider myself, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining, that's the word we overlook that when I read it, I often do that, straining toward what is ahead. The relentless drumbeat message pounding in our society is that you cannot be an overcomer. Your past defines you, 
Your struggle is your failure, a sign of your failure. You are not saved, and there is no truth to anchor you. We can tune out this relentless drumming with the comforting words in Scripture. I'll read to you Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Romans 12.2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's one of my favorite Scriptures. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which implies an ongoing and continual action. Good morning. You're in transformation. Maybe you've ex- you have experienced an, a miraculous, instantaneous transformation, but for most of us, the transformation takes is a process that takes time. With setbacks, because we're human. You will overcome your suffering by rejecting society's messages and by clinging clinging to the Word of God. Thank you, Dr. Sargent. Uh, Very timely. Um, Today, as we're talking about suffering, overcoming suffering, I couldn't think of a better way uh, to conclude and kind of move forward in the service without reflecting on the ultimate suffering. And that is the suffering that Christ did for us. In Luke uh, 22, 19, 20, uh, and he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. I always like when we get a chance to take communion and kind of the way we prepared today is uh, from from one loaf we get to tear from. And the idea is that as each of us come up, we are literally breaking the body of Christ as he did for his disciples. So I'd like you to stand and as uh, ushers, you can go ahead and get in place. So what we're going to do to just kind of do this in an orderly fashion, we're going to have these center aisles exit out to the side, come around to the front and receive communion, take it back uh, down the center, and uh, we have ushers on their side, Dr. Dirksen, Dr. Poole, that'll kind of orchestrate you how to go. Sides here are going to work in a similar way. If you're in the balcony, uh, we're going to invite you to come join us down here. Uh, I'm just going to pray and we're going to move forward. Father. I thank you for your enduring faithfulness from 2,000 years ago, sending your son in the very act that uh, is represented here today to your continual faithfulness in our lives individually, corporately, and globally. Father, we give you uh, our trust, and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In your name we pray.
That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. You anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. join me in prayer. Father God, thank you for the message today, the truth that you are a God who's invested in our lives and invested enough in our suffering to suffer with us. Pray that you'll be with students, that this is a meaningful message, that their identity is found in you, not in the struggles they have, and that overcoming is a process, God, that you're with us every step of the way. Let the words of my heart and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We want to thank you for listening today. And if you want more information on our upcoming events, you can visit our website at leeuniversity.edu.